Welcome to BizTalk with Bill Roy, episode 36. What we hope to do with our podcast is provide you with insight into the people, places, companies, and organizations that make up Wichita's important business community. We hope we achieve that goal week in and week out. We think we do, and we thank you for listening. We've been holding panel discussions for our emerging leaders on various topics. A week ago, it was downtown development. We had a great discussion, and part of it you heard in last week's episode. This week in episode 36 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast, part two of that discussion, as the panelists talk about their vision for Wichita and about what they want to happen at Century 2. We'll get there in a minute. First, I want to tell you about the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. Our cover story this week, Growing Plans and Pains. We have a good problem in Wichita right now. There's a high demand for manufacturing jobs and at this point, not enough workers to fill the pipeline. And companies are spending money to expand their operations to meet the demands of Spirit Aerosystems. Aviation reporter Daniel McCoy's big story focuses on the growth and how Wichita attracts more workers to the area. Page 10. Our top 25 list this week and new one, the area's largest craft breweries ranked by number of barrels produced. It's a fun list, and check out our analysis that indicates Wichita is becoming a craft brewery destination. That's on page 6. This week, we spend 10 minutes with Luke Jackson of the Greater Wichita Partnership, page 19. And check out our leads section. That's where you can find bankruptcies, new lawsuits, court judgments, new corporation filings, and real estate transactions. This week, they start on page 13. Back in a moment. Welcome to BizTalk with Bill Roy of the Wichita Business Journal. Talking business, your business that is, is what Equity Bank's team of bankers does best. Visit us today at equitybank.com. As I described last episode, we invited five Wichita leaders to sit on a panel for a discussion about downtown Wichita. Members of the Emerging Leaders class were the audience. Our panelists, Janelle King, the owner of JK Design and the Workroom, the president of the Greater Wichita Partnership, Jeff Fleur, Wichita developer George Laham, Stan Smith, the managing partner of Martin Pringle Law Firm, and new Wichita City Council member Cindy Claycomb. The discussion lasted more than an hour, and we covered a variety of topics. Laham described how there's interest in the former Gander Mountain building beyond the profit and how Wichita leaders should consider the future of downtown Wichita as a billion-dollar decade. And Smith of Martin Pringle shared with the group the backstory of how he and his firm decided to move from the Ruffin Building at Douglas and Broadway to the Spaghetti Works project. I asked the panel to give us their vision of downtown. Janelle King, who has led the Douglas Design District Board, says the area east of Washington does have a different feel from Delano or the core area. And Stan Smith makes a good point of tying everything together. You don't go to, you know, these bigger cities like Denver and Dallas and Austin and it's just one big core. They've got all these cool pockets and cool different areas and energy. And I think that is necessary, um, that we're not trying to just, like, grow this big downtown core right in the middle. We need to have these other um, personalities as well. Um, I think that one of my, the challenges we face with downtown is that, um, you know, we talked about attracting retaining youth and the younger talent, and then this next generation, and the third ones that want to be downtown, and they want that core. But to be honest, that's not where the wealth is. 
and therefore that's not where the studying power is. And so I feel like we're constantly in this juggle that we're trying to attract and retain and give things here, but those aren't the things that are sustainable necessarily because the money isn't there. And so, you know, right now you're talking about like if we can get some of these bigger box retailers and stuff, those are not necessarily the high attraction points at the moment with this younger generation, but those are the ones that are going to get the suburban sprawl focused back downtown, which brings some of the money and things back, which is going to keep it like generated. So it's just kind of looking at both folds of it. Like how do you, you know, we have to do things that make economic sense, but at the same time in balance with the fact that the culture and the energy that people want necessarily is not what makes the most economic sense. Sure. To the rest of you, what's your vision? What that is was not very vision for was it? That was really <laughs> challenging. <laughs> um, I want to see both. <laughs> I want to see a walkable downtown. Is really for me what I would love. I want to be able to walk out my store and go grab lunch, and I'm not getting in my car to do it. I want to go walk downtown, feel safe, have those different like um, points of reference as you're doing it. There's small shops, there's the big retailers, there's traffic, there's other people walking on the street. We want it all, right? I want it all. <laughs> <laughs> and we should have it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, well, think, I think Janelle's comment about the design district and a different feel is, is great. Uh, and it's true, but I think one of the things that's happened recently with the queue line is tying all that together. I mean, the fact that you can travel from Ziggy's all the way to the Monarch and back ties downtown with the design district. You can you can take the Q line and walk a block to get to Janelle's store. Uh, a second Saturday, her artist market will go down and park there, and then <clears throat> visit the artisans there, and then hop on the Q line and run up and down and, and eat. Uh, my mother-in-law was in town from Tucson. We did that with her one day, and she just thought it was a cool concept and it was great and. My vision for downtown is colored by Jeff and the Downtown Development Corporation a lot, and my involvement with them. And that's because they're doing a great job and they've got great vision. And the more we can tie all of that together, the Douglas Corridor, uh, the better it's going to be for all of us. Cindy Claycomb. Well, I, I like, um, like Janelle said and like Stan said, that uh, you know the, the downtown core and the surrounding neighborhoods, particularly Delano and uh, the design district, that it's uh, you know 18 hours a day activated. That there's stuff going on all the time. So you have office workers there in the daytime, and then that turns over to the dinner crowd, and then that turns over to you know the nighttime crowd. And so we see that in pockets. You know, I live in Old Town, and we see that a lot. But as you move away from there, we're not. We have um, some issues with connectivity right now. People not wanting to walk from one place to another, they will hop in their car and move. So I'd like to see that. Um, and the Q1's really helped with that. But I think people will now park their cars and realize that they can, can go up and down. The other piece of this, I think, is what we're going to do, and we'll probably talk about this, but what we're gonna do with um, the rest of the riverfront, with uh, the Century 2 campus and with the uh, baseball stadium and how all that fits into it to be, to be a really active downtown. Jeff Fleur. Keywords pop in my head. You know, vibrant, distinctive, authentic, uh, a city that really is going forward, thinking everything that we do, whether it's public investment, private investment, how is it positioned with talent? You know, how is it that it creates such a place that you would never think about leaving, but then also that you are our active campaign of attracting talent. 
Uh, we just had a young man come on staff. I'm 53 now, so 35 is young. Uh, but he's 35. Um, he is uh, recently from Florida, but he has done work. He's not been development work in Texas, Arizona, and Florida. And one of his friends who works with the county said, I read about an opportunity you want to look at. Never thought about Wichita, and he said, the, the thought just coming into the city, seeing the airport, seeing what was going on downtown, he said, downtown surprised me. He said, I didn't think I would have the housing options that I do, or the restaurants, or the entertainment. He said, the cool things about Gallery Alley, the pop-up park, uh, the riverfront, the vision of everything going on, he made a decision to come. And so it really is creating a city that that's, that's the testament of it. I mean, that's who we are. And again, we're very uniquely positioned because talent in tier one markets becoming extremely fatigued right now because of the cost of living, the lack of mobility, um, just how is it there are opportunities in those larger markets? They see opportunities in tier two. So uh, our vision is, is that we capitalize on that and then we do have this connected downtown and we get it done yesterday, not tomorrow. George Laham says success takes not just vision, but bold vision. We, we really do have to, to look out there and, and look at things much differently. Uh, <coughs> you, you've got to look at the city, you've got to look at the, the world in a, in a different way. In, in the early 90s when we were, um, you know, when we were developing in East Wichita, Wilson States was a 320 acre horse farm. We looked out there and said, what can this be? And, you know, we, we didn't have GAP and we didn't have Yaya's and we didn't have Sephora and all those other good things that um, stores that couldn't come to a market of our size. And we looked out there and said, let's do something different in Wichita. And let's take a horse farm and develop a, a cool uh, suburban living environment where people can do work and we have some great offices, hotels, shops, restaurants. Let's create some public space where we can have concerts and opera and uh, art festivals and things. And so we took that horse farm and transformed it into what it is today. Try to leave as much green space and public space as we could, as much event space. And so we, we, we did something, I think, at the time that was very different from Wichita. And I want to use that, not to pat ourselves on the back or anything, but just, just to look at downtown a little bit the same way. I'll go one step further. So you look at Wilson States and see what we did there. We went out to 21st and Greenwich, 13th and Greenwich. Those were, you know, in 1998, those were Milo Fields. It was the 21st and Greenwich. Nothing, the first building at 21st and Greenwich was Super Target in 2003. And then we went on to develop restaurants and hotels, and, and then else came along later. And so those are empty fields, and we looked at them and said, what, what can we bring to Wichita? What would the people of Wichita like to see? What would they like to have? Everybody travels, everybody goes to other markets and sees what these, what Kansas City or Dallas or elsewhere has. And we all say, why don't we have that in Wichita? And it's important for, especially for all of you as our young leaders of this community to say, what do we want to have in Wichita? And don't be scared to, to push ahead and say, let's, let's bring some things to Wichita. And that's where George suggested a billion dollar decade will be following up on his vision to see if it gains traction. Smith began our discussion about the future of Century 2. Personally, I'd like to see us do something big. We have an opportunity with that space, that property. But we need to listen to the experts, not public opinion on what to do. The, the public will always have an opinion, but that doesn't mean it's an informed opinion. We need you guys to get informed 
and tell people why this is important and why you're willing to put your future in Wichita on the line to make that happen. Well, I know that right now the mayor is working with Assemblyman Group that's going to be really helping shepherd that conversation. I think there's other opportunities that we're going to see emerging very soon of how we also look at that and other things in our community. Um, I think we're at the right moment uh, to make those type of those type of conversations first of all to happen, then also get really positive resolve on what we want to do with it. Uh, I think it goes back to what we've said about the riverfront and everything else that we just need to really push forward and say why not or what do we want to do that's really distinctive and authentic for this community to position it. I mean, it just you look across the city or United States, there are cities that have done this over and over again. And, and you know them because they took that moment to be very uh, audacious with their thought process. And I'll often say, you know, they, they're, not, they're not afraid of the, of the BHAG, okay? The big, hairy, audacious go. They just go after it. So that's where we are. So I think in the next couple of weeks, we'll begin to see what that uh, engagement process is going to look like. So stay tuned. It's on your radar at the city council. Yeah. And see, I can make that statement about public opinion because I'm not an elected official. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I understand the, the pull of our city officials in having to make some tough decisions uh, that aren't always going to please all, everybody in the community. But I strongly encourage you to back them in those decisions because they are going to have to make some tough decisions that are not going to be popular with everybody in the community, but that's what leadership's about. Trust me, I got 52 lawyers I manage. I don't make all of them happy all the time. <laughs> well, to Stan's point, I think, uh, don't let your voice be stifled. Uh, you know, what I've seen at uh, some public meetings where I've been at, uh, where someone will take a stand, for example, and say, don't tear down Century 2, well, then it just kind of shuts down everybody else's conversation. And so um, just don't let your voice be stifled in, in, in this and our vision for our city as a whole. We're not the first city in America to address the existing performing arts center and decide what to do with it. Let me tell you what the city has done. I'm a little bit familiar with, with some of the, a little bit of the history with uh, the city's research on what to do with Century 2. And the city has done a really good job when getting the right people involved nationally to look at the convention center, to look at the performing arts center, and the overall architecture of the area. Think about this. If if something else was at Century 2 in the convention center other than a, a city project like that today, one of the first things that Jeff Fleur would be saying, we need to buy that 28 acres right there on the river, on Douglas, because it's one of the most important pieces of real estate in downtown for downtown development. Think about it, if we didn't own it. First thing we do is go buy it, right? It's a pretty important piece of real estate. It's, it's the anchor tenant for downtown. It truly is. And we own it. We own it as a community. And so the city's done a great job of hiring really good experts who have done some of the best performing art centers in this country. And we spent a lot of money to get their advice. And what we need to do is take that information, let's get it out of the hands of the city, as the city has said, let's, let's get it into, let's get it with a group, um, and I think Jeff is, is going to be certainly a good part of that group, to take and lead this thing forward, to take the information that we have, and based on what the experts have to say, 
let's decide what the best direction is for Century 2. We keep it as it is, we redevelop it, whatever. It is great. Public opinion is very important, and I think it's great to get everybody's idea, ideas. But what the public needs in order to form those opinions is the facts from the experts. So let's see what the experts have to say. Let's take that information, let's get it to Jeff and company, and let's get it out to the community and give them that information, and then let's get some opinions, and then let's make some decisions. Fair enough, Stan? Fair enough. Well, I think we, sorry, but I think we need to recognize that um, there are a lot of data points, right? So we have experts, we have public opinion, but public opinion is just one of those data points. And so there's a lot of data that, as a city council member, I collect, and, and as other people do, as they're making decisions. One of the things that I, I've been talking to about this century, too, is I think that the data is all there, um, all the reports. I mean, everything is pointing in the same direction. I think art, the biggest deterrent we're facing right now is just fear. And it's an emotional appeal that people are worried about losing a city icon and it not being replaced with another one that's equal, better, or that carries that same sentimental attachment that they're gonna be proud of. And I think one that speaks to a history in our city of building, you know, just these square boxes and things that, you know, serve function, um, but we're always looking at the bottom dollar, and so we're not taking it to that next, you know, what did you call the, the big hairy? Big hairy audacious. Audacious. Uh, you know, like, how do we take it to the next level? And look at our, you know, these cities that we're, you know, we're trying to, like, fight with, even if they're above our weight class. Like, you know, look at Kansas City um, Performing Arts Center. It's the top one in the entire country. I mean, if they can have it, why can't we? I mean, and I don't think I think too often we're just, we're always trying to stay so conservative and we're past that point right now. Like we have to push forward to that next big vision and I think until we can communicate a commitment to that, no one's going to take that jump because of the fear. Uh, it has to be an emotional appeal that we're giving them back to conquer that emotional, you know, holdback. Someone in our audience also asked about a downtown grocery store. Laham says the key remains the number of people in the downtown area. More people, the more retail, including grocery, will arrive. It was a great discussion, and again, you can hear more of it in episode 35 from last week. Most bankers are good at banking talk. What you need is a banker who knows how to talk business. Your business, that is. I'm Andrew Cheney, commercial lender here at Equity Bank. If you've got plans to grow, we're ready to talk about your business. Visit equitybank.com. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week. We release a new episode every week. You can see the others at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. If you like the podcast, let us know. If you have ideas for guests you'd like to hear from, please let me know that as well. Biz Talk with Bill Roy, a production of the Wichita Business Journal. On behalf of great staff here, thanks for listening. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter, and thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Have a profitable week. <laughs>